Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where victory has never tasted so sweet. Our next Reddit post is from Bourgeois Mystics. Last night I came home and walked into the kitchen, where my mother-in-law and wife are standing with an enormous bag of small, carrot-shaped white root vegetables. Exhausted from a long day, I absentmindedly ask, are those white carrots? The existence of radishes temporarily eluding my consciousness. My mother-in-law and wife, in enthusiastic unison, chime in that, yes, they are indeed carrots. Go ahead and try one. My mother-in-law encourages me, with an overzealousness that brings me to my senses. No, no, those aren't carrots. But okay, game on, mama, game on. I'll eat this raw root vegetable and get you two as well. I rinse one off and snack into it as my wife and mother-in-law attempt to stifle their giggles. I feign confusion at their reaction. What are you guys laughing about? My wife laughs. What's it taste like? A carrot, I say. Maybe a little less sweet. You're lying, my mother-in-law shoots back. The lady who gave them to me said they're radishes. My face betrays nothing. I'm ignoring the pungent, peppery taste in my mouth, and my face shows only an earnest mask of enjoyment. The sporadic laughter from my wife and mother-in-law has ceased. I said, well, I don't know who said that, but it definitely tastes like a carrot. Maybe I just got the one carrot mixed in with the radishes? I grab another, rinse it, and go to Chomp Town. Mid-chew, I double down. Nope, these are definitely carrots. My mother-in-law, exasperated that either I'm a master of deception or that she, in fact, did get the wrong bag of vegetables, rinses one off and takes a massive bite, then immediately spits it back out. It is now I who am laughing, but not a tepid giggle, an uproarious guffaw of triumph. <laughs> I've won! Now to get the taste of radish out of my mouth. Nah, OP, you know what that's the taste of? Victory. Our next Reddit post is from Clister to Lister. Over a decade ago, I came home to find out that I was being moved out by my wife. We weren't in a great place, but I was blindsided. I was also served with a protection order that said that I couldn't come home without prior written permission, that I had to go through my wife to see the kids, and that it was in effect for 90 days. I was devastated. A relative connected me with a bulldog of a lawyer. This lady was brilliant and no-nonsense. She filed a rebuttal to the protection order, but she told me these things take time and we were very unlikely to see a judge before the 90 days were up. She was very clear that I must follow the court order to the letter. If there was any evidence otherwise, I'd be in an uphill battle if and when my wife renewed it. It only took one day before my now ex-wife needed me to take the kids. I was crashing at a friend's place, so I had no place to take them. So we agreed that I'd watch them at home. I waited a few blocks away while waiting for an email. My ex called me, and I reminded her of the details of the order and that I wouldn't come home until I had permission. This happened twice more within the first week, with me waiting at the end of the street for an email. So I told her that from here on out, I wasn't leaving until I had the email. I was staying about 20 minutes away. I texted her to remind her. The very next day, she didn't email me again. We were planning on me picking up the kids to take them to school since their school was only a few minutes from my work. However, because I hadn't received written permission, I ran out of time to drive to pick up the kids and then make it to their school and work. She called me furious that I wasn't there. I reminded her about the written permission and that I couldn't just stand around waiting. She ended up being very late to work that day. 
She then wanted to write me a blanket permission to come and go as needed, but my lawyer told me to follow the court order. The culmination of this was a few weeks later when she, again, forgot to send permission. Her boyfriend was staying over, but he didn't have his car with him. They both had to get to work, and that was the day that I learned that he was her direct supervisor. My ex had to call a friend from work to pick up the kids and take them to school, and the friend found out. Of course, news of that got to their work. Within a week of that, the boyfriend was fired over their relationship, and my ex was suspended. By this time, I had my own place, so the kids ended up staying with me most days. I later learned that the protection order was the boyfriend's idea. My ex was quite mad about it, because the fact that I followed the court order was evidence that I wasn't a threat to her or the family. And the judge was quite harsh with her over it when we settled for support and parenting time. The judge called it intentional and harmful parental alienation. Also, OP is apparently pretty good at this, because down in the comments, he posts a story of how he got revenge against his ex-wife's boyfriend. That boyfriend was instrumental in blindsiding me and planning on how to keep me from my own kids, so ever since, I've kinda hated him. I've always been polite and respectful with the boyfriend, because he might become my kid's stepdad, but I swore that if I ever got the chance, I would get back at him. I figured it would have to be something petty, but then he gift-wrapped my revenge and I've been running with it for almost three weeks now. My kids are mostly grown. Some are in university and some are in grades 11 to 12. The university kids live with me while the high school kids go back and forth with their mom. I'm also remarried now. My wife and I each have our own vehicles, but my wife owns and insures a minivan for when we're all going somewhere together. My kids are free to use it as well. We only have one set of keys, so I put an air tag on it. It's like a little transponder that tracks its location. I put it on there in case the keys were lost. About three weeks ago, one of my older kids took the van out for the night, but ended up staying at his mom's on the couch. Around 7am the next day, another kid asked to use the van. I pinged the air tag, only to find out that it was hours away in the industrial section of another town. I was quite concerned about why my kid was out there. I called him up, and my kid was at his mom's where he said he'd be. He had no idea the van was missing. I called the cops and gave them the location of the van. Within 20 minutes, they had stopped the van and the driver said that he had permission to use it. Lo and behold, the driver was my ex-wife's boyfriend. The police weren't very interested in detaining him because it would be easier for him to just drive the van back to our town and we could sort it out there. However, it wasn't my van, nor was he listed on the insurance to drive it. So, I asked that the car be impounded. In Canada, we can't press charges, but I was adamant that this was theft and that I was not going to let it go. Since the boyfriend was out of town with no ride, the cops did end up detaining him, probably because it was easier. They gave me info for the yard where the van was impounded. Since we had the next day off, my wife and I drove out to the yard to pick it up. When we got there, I first checked for damage since it was sitting a little low. No damage outside. When I checked the inside, I found that it was loaded with industrial fasteners and cables. It turns out the boyfriend used my wife's van to pick up stuff for work. My wife turned on her heels and walked to the office. I had to jog to keep up. She asks the workers who has access to the van. Since they only have the one set of keys, they assure my wife that the only people who have access is her and me. At this point, I get where she's going with this. I instruct the workers that no one should have access to the van but us. I had like 35 bucks with me, so I gave it to them as a tip. 
They promised me that no one would get inside that van, and they actually moved the van to a secure area within the yard. Then we went home without the van. We weren't even home from the long drive when I got the first text from the boyfriend about getting the equipment. I explained that we left the van there because there were expenses that we weren't going to pay. Towing, impounding fees, daily storage, etc. I told the boyfriend that he'd have to pay the fees before I pick up the van. He was super mad and swore that he'd pay me back. I said no way. Within an hour, I got a call from his boss. They said they need the equipment ASAP for some time-sensitive job. I explained that the car was impounded and that I won't have time to get it until next week. Also, the money has to be paid in advance. The boss swears up and down at me. I calmly explained that I didn't steal a vehicle to transport his stuff. The boss was having none of that, so I said that I won't tolerate that abuse and hung up. Then I blocked him and his company on every platform that I'm reachable on. And that was three weeks ago. Since then, I've been able to make excuses every single time the boyfriend tries to arrange picking up the van. Often it's because since the kids don't have the van, I have to drive them. His boss has gotten through to me a few times using other numbers and sent a ton of emails that I ignored. But I did reply and explain that both my wife and I need about 4 hours to do the round trip and that it needs to be paid for ahead of time. Also, the charges are adding up. It's 25 bucks a day for secure storage plus towing and impound fees. Plus, I want to be paid for the fuel the boyfriend used and the fuel that we used during our travel. The boyfriend and I agreed on the standard 58 cents per kilometer. And so, the boss e-transferred us for the total cost of our driving. By now, the van has made one trip and the car has done two, so it came to about $600. So, on Friday, it finally happened. My wife and I drove out and picked up the van. It was prepaid and ready to be released. I dropped off a dozen beers at the office when I picked up the keys and went to grab the van. However, I was not going to transport the boss and the boyfriend's stuff, so I arranged for it to be held at the yard at the same rate as the vehicle. I unloaded the cables and left right before it closed for the weekend. I got a call from the boyfriend asking when he can come by with the work truck to get the stuff. I told him that it's still at the impound place almost two hours away, and the office opens Monday at 9. There was, <laughs> there was only silence on the other end, so I hung up after about 10 seconds. Throughout this, I've been getting vague updates from my ex, who I've got a good relationship with now. She was livid with her boyfriend and was clear with me that any and all consequences were squarely on him. He kept his job, but he's missing out on his next pay increase and is not getting his year-end bonus. My ex said that they're way too short-staffed to let him go, but he's in the doghouse at home and at work. Also, there's no word on criminal charges for taking the van. Brilliant, OP. I guess the reason why he took your van was because he just didn't want to spend the gas money. He was thinking, I know, I'll just steal my wife's ex's car. That way, he can pay for gas like a sucker. But in the end, this guy ended up paying like 10 times that amount, at least. Our next Reddit post is from Apprehensive Arm. My commute to work got progressively longer and unpredictable over the past year due to four bridge closures occurring within months or weeks of each other. No date's been given for the reopening. Unless I leave for work an hour or two early, I risk arriving a minute to five minutes late like once or twice a week. 
everyone's been impacted by this traffic one way or another, which I mentioned because there's no way someone could feign ignorance. One coworker, though, didn't care about legitimate reasons for me being slightly late to work every now and then, and complained so adamantly behind my back about it that my immediate supervisor reluctantly wrote me up. I knew that it had to be that one coworker because they would get noticeably irritated whenever those traffic conditions were brought up. They would leave the room, loudly interrupt with unimportant questions or comments, or roll their eyes. That person is also known for complaining about every little thing. At one point, they played a big role in not having a seasonal employee rehired the following year. Despite that one coworker, I loved my job. So, I started leaving for work an hour and a half early. My arrival time is now anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes before my shift starts. And that's when I noticed the annoying coworker always arrived about 10 minutes early and always had a very convenient street parking space available. I used to park on a different side of our building before traffic got bad, and I never noticed that this coworker had unofficially claimed that public parking spot as theirs. Most of the time, I'm at work early enough to get my pick of any spot in our always crowded employee parking lot. But no parking spot other than that employee's parking spot makes up for my having to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. That coworker can't complain about me being late now. They know better than anyone that I'm at work way before I have to be. I've mentioned my arrival time to other coworkers while that coworker is in earshot, so they know that I'm parking there out of spite. I've also gone as far as parking right in the middle of a space that's actually large enough to accommodate both their car and mine. I have no idea if they've complained to our supervisor about it or not, but I really want them to have been stupid enough to complain about me taking their public parking spot away. OP, I'm like really happy for you for getting revenge against your coworker in this very petty way, but man, you've got to leave for work an hour and a half early and you get to work up to 45 minutes before your shift starts? OP, with this commute alone, this job doesn't sound worth it. Our next Reddit post is from Silthus Darkfire. Way back in 2000, I worked at Best Buy. I'd been there for 18 months as a cashier. We recently got a new operations manager who came from computer sales and didn't really know the registers that well. This happened during his first week as manager. I said to a customer, Okay, sir, it'll be such and such amount. The customer said, Fine, here. He tossed his credit card onto the counter. Card declined. Sorry, sir, your card declined. I can run it again, or we can try another card if you like. Run it again! I know there's over $1,000 on that card! It should work! I swiped the card again, and it declined again. Sorry, sir, it's declined again. It has to work! Is there anything else you can do to approve it? I can try to run it manually, but that will only help if your magnet strip is damaged. Try that then! I manually entered the details, and again, it was declined. There must be some way to force or bypass that. I know there's money on that card. I'm sorry, sir. If it's declined by the card company, there's nothing I can do. This is BS. I know there's money on that card. Get your manager now. Okay, sir. Just a moment. My manager approaches and stands behind the counter next to me. Hello, sir. How can I help you? Your employee keeps declining my card, and I know there's plenty of money on that card. You need to override it. The manager attempts to run the card, and again, it declined. Sorry, sir. It was declined. I know that. You need to override it so I can take my stuff and go home. 
My manager turns 90 degrees to face me. It declined. Is there anything we can do to override it? No, sir. That decline is from the card company. There's nothing else we can do. My manager turned 90 degrees back to the angry customer. I'm sorry, sir. I've spoken with one of our experts, and he informs me there's nothing else we can do with this card. Would you like to sign up for our card and save 10% on your purchase today? Then the customer angrily stomped out of the store. Man, Reddit has ruined me. As soon as I saw the sentence, we got a new manager, I was thinking, oh great, another douchebag new boss who thinks that he's hot stuff and is going to ruin everyone's day. But no, he actually had OP's back. And he had OP's back in a way that embarrassed the customer, so even better. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.